Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Friday, May 12th in the year 2023. And we have a day of strangeness in the sense of what's going on in the border. I just got some updates, and it's pretty amazing. We're going to go over that in a little bit. Um, let me just say it this way to start. Prayer warfare is real, and it works. And I think every one of us needs to be emboldened by just those words and what all this is going to mean as we go forward in the importance of what our role and mission is here in this time. It's beginning to be revealed more and more. One thing, Patriots, make sure you're keeping up the strength of your immune system right now. This is a time of a lot of stress. Obviously, sleep and exercise are critical to a good fitness program as well as diet. And as part of diet, you want to make sure in taking a good supplement. And we've talked about a lot of supplements over the years, and I've pushed a number of them, and I, and I believe in them. I think they're good. But what I have sought time and again is a supplement that is based on whole foods, a label where you could read it like a real like a grocery list that you're going to a store, and something that was well-engineered with organics and so forth, and that is here. That is called Field of Greens. And Field of Greens is an amazing product. When they it was introduced to me and I tried it, I'm always skeptical, and I'm not skeptical now. I take this every morning, one scoop into my shaker bottle with water, and I drink it, and it is really an amazing product. I, I love it. I love the fact that it's all organic. I love the fact that it comes from, it's, it has a blend of 12 different vegetables, fruits, and herbs, and all of this has been found that the, the phytochemicals that are in these foods are would reduce the risks of various diseases. So it's an American company based in Texas with organically grown food products, whole food products that are freeze-dried, blended or milled down to where it's a powder. It tastes great. Mix it with water, one scoop, have that in a day, and you get everything you need in the antioxidants. It boosts immunity, completely organic, and it supports healthy metabolism. And it's also a rich source of your vitamins and minerals you need each day. And you can get a 15% discount if you head on over to Prepare, or I'm sorry, with Brickhouse, Brickhouse Nutrition is where the website is, but go to fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. You can find the link below the podcast. Use your BARDS code, get 15% off. And then if you sign up for a monthly subscription, you get an additional 10% off, and that subscription is not permanent. You can suspend it or it's canceled at any time, but it gives you that additional 10% boost, so you get 25% off and all. Great product. I can't rave about it enough. Um, I'm, it has become my standard. It is how I start my morning. Let's just put it like that. I mean, I'm I'm not taking many other supplements these days. I'm taking that, and it's fantastic for the body, fantastic for your health. You feel good. It's got great – you feel clear in the mind. It's just a super product. So check it out. I really recommend it. I'm very happy with it. I think you will be too. Again, fieldofgreens.com, promo code BARDS, and then sign up – for an additional 10% off after you use your promo code to get 15%. So get an additional 10% off by getting on their mailing list or their subscription monthly, which is great. All right, Patriots. Um, and we're going we're gonna to go through Mark 1 tonight in a little bit. But I want to talk to you a little bit about, it's just been really focused on this all week long. And it's really that warrior walk in Christ. And that, it's one of the reasons I want to walk, I want to go through Mark 1 tonight. But... Um, I just got a, a tweet sent to me a little bit ago. And this is from a account on Twitter. It goes by Tommy Lee. His, it's at T-S-A-N-D-88. And it shows a weather map in kind of, it's a moving weather map in high speed. Uh, it's like a thermal map. And it just says, wow, with a finger on it pointing down to it. This is an explosive, powerful storm that has erupted along the entire, nearly the entire border with Texas and Mexico. And I, I mean, it's like almost the entire border. It just erupts out of nowhere. And the, the subtext on this is, in case you were wondering what very high instability and orographic lift does with initiating storms. Well, this is incredible. And this is today. And why am I bringing this up? We have been talking a lot about how to fight in this war, and this, there are tools that God gives us in this weapon so, and tools to fight this war. And prayer is obviously one that we talk about rather offhandedly. 
But as I've been talking about this week, we have to start getting specific, just like targeting. You have to start targeting your prayers to what we want. And I think there's a, a hesitation at times to engage the enemy with intense and ruthless prayers. I might even call it violent prayer. And I, I know that term doesn't set well with some people, but understand violence on action is what I'm talking about. And that takes many different forms. And we've prayed this week for the disruption of the enemy on the border. We've prayed this week that there's a chaos that settles into their mind very much like Gideon did with the blowing of the horns and the breaking of the pots of light. And we prayed for intense and violent storms on the border. And so here's the report that I'm getting from this and others that are on the border. And I'm going to share this with you, and I think it's important. One, there is now a, a violent storm did erupt all along the border. And it's intense, and it's enough to bring rains and winds and everything. It will very much disrupt any sort of movement of any kind along the border. So I marked that one up for the good guys, meaning those of us who prayed on that, because that to me, you can translate that any way you want. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, oh, harp's been working, and someone else is going to be saying, well, it's just a coincidence. Here's how I say it. We prayed on it. Literally 24 hours later, 48 hours later, the storm is there. So you take that for whatever it is. I know what I'm saying. I'm saying prayer warfare works, very bluntly. But here's something else to add to it. We prayed for the chaos and the, the, the shaking up of the mind, to create chaos within the enemy's ranks, to create disarray that they can't move as quickly. Well, there's reports all over the border in the last 24 hours that the surge of people across the border has not been what they expected. And then today I got confirmation twice that somewhere up the chain, nobody knows where it's coming from, somebody has been texting these, texting the, the immigrants coming up because they all have cell phones provided to them, grace of the thank you to U.S. taxpayers. And in particular, they've been texting kind of the organizers and telling them to break themselves down into 150 person units and start acting calmly and peacefully as they come across the border. And I did share this yesterday, but I'm reemphasizing it tonight because what's really important about that is when you do the math, when you start reducing the flow. So let's even say that the flow goes from 10,000 to 8,000 a day across the border, 8,000 a day times 750,000 people is 100 days from the back of the line to get to the front of the line. And we are entering into the hottest period in Texas. Now, you can do the calculus on that, and you can tell yourself honestly exactly what's going to happen, because without a mass surge on the border, which is not happening right now, the logistic support, even by our own treasonous government, is going to overtax what they have, and these people are not going to stay. This is called disarray within the enemy's camp. That would be one of our prayers. So I'm really highlighting this because on top of the testimonies, which we have every Friday, which are amazing in what we do every Friday for prayer, prayer Friday for bended knee, which is now becoming just, it's just indisputable unto the power and authorities which we are given to heal. We are now learning very quickly as God guides us that we have the power and the authority to disrupt an enemy. To, create, to pray onto events that can be brought to bear upon the enemy's camp. That's exactly what just happened. And I say all these things because if you ever feel disempowered, don't be. We have these authorities, and I have talked about this for so long, and I think what's amazing for me is we're finally working at it and embracing them, and we're seeing the results. There's going to be a lot of people out here that tell you that, oh, that's garbage. And they're going to even be Christians that are going to denounce it or, or poo-poo it on you because they're going to try to tell you, that's just not true. You're just over, over make, you're making stuff up because Christians don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit as a whole, and they have lost the belief in the supernatural God. I believe in the supernatural God. I believe in the living Christ within me, within us, and a supernatural God that brings miracles to this world and testimonies show every Friday. And if you're listening and you have not been part of Friday Pended Knee, you need to join. 
or at least listen to it after the effect and join in prayer because God doesn't know a specific time. We can pray together and at 1 p.m. Pacific, and we you can join those prayers anytime because that's how God works. But it's fantastic, and to hear these testimonies is moving. And we're working around basically three scriptures. We're working around Luke 10.19, which is, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. That is as cut and dry as it gets, and it's red-letter language. There's no disputing that, other than to understand that snakes and scorpions happen to be dark Egyptian cults that dealt with inter-sickness inter of human beings, which I believe is a scorpion cult, and snakes are the external influences of demonic on the human body. So not necessarily actually stepping on the physical snakes, but you're crushing those that are dealing with that sort of dark witchcraft. And then the caveat over all of that, the arching theme is authority over all the power of the enemy. The question is, do we believe when we pray and do we lean into when we pray and ask and declare the authorities given to us? And that's what we've been doing every Friday. And we're continuing to do it throughout the week. And what we're witnessing now are true results of this. And I think this should be, I would hope that for every person that's hearing this and participating in this, that you are completely elated with power to understand that the Father is hearing our hearts and saying, here you go. And we're waging war as we should be, as the future kings and queens, as the prince and princesses of this land that was given authority over earth, to over dominion over earth. And that's what's so amazing. And then we have John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Well, we know that Jesus rebuked the storm. And we, knew, we know that Jesus healed the sick. And we know that Jesus cast, it, cast out demons. We know that Jesus raised the dead. And all of those things we can do. And then he adds, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. It's the greater works that we don't always know what it is, but an example is while Jesus rebuked the storm, apparently as we pray in unison to deter an enemy, we can bring about a storm. And we can bring about chaos within the enemy's ranks. And I'm not limiting greater works to those. I'm just saying those are little indications of the magnitude of authority which we have been given. And this is what empowers me so much. This is, this is truly how I live. And I believe in this walk, truly. I've just seen it happen so much in my life. That we truly can control the domains in which we are operating in, and we can do so when we come together as one in prayer. I think what happens in this world of individualism and me, we start to say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Well, yeah, probably so. Probably so. Because you're not working as God intended. And as, and as Christ gave us these authorities, it's not like each one of you are going to become the wizard. He didn't say that. He's telling us that as we believe in him and as we let him work through us and as we come together in the body of Christ, wow, the power of prayer is just undeniable. And then the testimonies. We've read testimonies today earlier of people that have been truly touched by prayer. Fantastic stories that continue. And in fact, the one was from Jessica who told about her aunt who has, has literally been miraculously healed as we prayed. And that story was today, and I read it last night as well. An aunt that was in a coma, intubated, doctors didn't have much hope for her, and her daughter was getting ready to have a wedding, was just hoping that she wouldn't lose her mother after she's already lost her father. One week later, the aunt is off the, in off the intubation. She's making wedding plans and feeling great. I mean, that's just incredible. And they found the deeper problem and resolved that, and she's on her way to massive recovery. That's just one of many stories we get every week. So this is really us touching into the power of the sword of the Spirit and embracing the Holy Spirit and trusting in Father to work through us and committing ourselves to a path, which is, again, it's a loving, forgiving heart. I've talked a lot about that, and I think those are hard things to grasp fully 
especially when we're dealing with so many retards in this world. <laughs> I could already feel Father going easy there, son. Like, I know, I know, Father. There's still a bunch of retards in this world. <laughs> a whole bunch of them. I, I swear I'll get rebuked for this at some point, but that's okay. I don't care. I mean, I'll take the rebuke because it's true. We just have so many of these people out here. Ugh. The scourge of stupidity that has swept humanity. But it really, the whole focus of this is, again, it's our role, which is, if you really look at this, it's like being on a special operations team. And it's really such an amazing honor. And you're getting a chance to walk in something that very few people get to experience. So no, you're not kicking in doors, not in a literal sense. And no, you're not shooting the enemy in the face in a literal sense or throwing a bag over his head and dragging him out in speed cuffs and throwing him in the back of a Humvee or a, or a Hilux and driving away to a dark site where you're going to sit, sit him on a chair and interrogate him. You don't get to do that in a literal sense. But you are operating behind the scenes and you're operating on the most forward point of the spear through prayer. And you're literally waging being part of a group, however many of these hearts and minds that come together and we're praying into a, a warfare on the spiritual plane. And your neighbors don't see it. People on the uh, people down on, on the border aren't they may be experiencing it, but they're not seeing it. But our prayers are literally being targeted, and we're going after the enemy right at its heart. That's how special operations works. Nobody really even sees them. They're the invisible hand. They're the humble warriors. And they and that's such an incredible and important point here. There's really four things that I would hope guide everybody. And just some, to pass these along, and I think they're it's good wisdom. I was talking to a good friend of mine today, a Special Forces and Delta veteran, Delta, not Delta Airlines, Delta, as in Delta Special Forces dudes, saw what they call Special Operations Force Delta. And he and I have shared a lot of time together, close friend of mine, like a brother. And this is the things we were back and forth on talking about. We need a number of things to really survive as a nation. And the thing is that the remnant, which we're part of, we're not the only, we're part of, but the remnant, which ends up being God's special operations teams, which are sp spread out all over the world. The remnant needs to have a couple of critical things. One, the remnant needs to appreciate, understand, and insist on accountability. We're not going to get anywhere if we don't have accountability. And that's just truth. The other thing that the remnant has to have is reason. We have to have good reason. That's discernment and reason. We need to have that in operating in this world. We have to have a faith in a, in a greater way than anybody else. Our faith has to be supernatural. We have to have that supernatural faith and commitment that we know that when we pray without a hesitation that, that, that God will hear us. And that as God deploys his response, it may not take the form. We have to let go of expectations. But our faith is so profound that we know that God will res respond to that. And it will take different forms. When we deal with healing, for example, sometimes we don't know if someone's going to be healed. God may call them home. We can declare healing, but we also have to respect his will because that's our things that we can't always see or perceive. When we're dealing with an enemy force, we can demand justice. We can call for rain. We can call for earth-shaking tremors. We can call for disruption in the ranks. God is going to hear us, and he's going to deploy that because he's going to be dealing himself at a much higher level in his eyes, obviously, with mercy and grace. But we have a God of war. And that's what I really... I'll get to the Bards FM here in a minute. But we have a God who, who gives his enemies grace, uh, extends a hand of mercy, and when they finally turn him down, he he just obliterates his enemy. That's that's our God of war is powerful. He's the only God. He's the God of He's the Lord of hosts. And then we need one fourth element: so accountability, reason, right? Those two, faith, those three, and one more. And never forget this: humor. You have to have humor to get through this. 
So if we're only stuck on the first three, we're going to get stale and we're going to be boring and we're going to be angry at certain points because we're not going to have a release to understand that one of the great gifts that God gave us is humor. And humor is critical. We have to be able to laugh in the face of the enemy. I can't think of a greater response to the enemy than when the enemy comes at us trying to intimidate us and we respond to the enemy by just laughing. Like, you know, whatever, dude. Whatever. And then you talk about destabilizing an enemy when the enemy can't get under your skin because you're laughing because it's it's comical. You know that they have no power. And we're not mocking them. Well, maybe a little. But it's truly a, a pure, it's a kingdom-type laughter. It's like, are you serious? No weapon forced against me will succeed. Well, we're going to attack you physically. Well, go ahead. Because here's my thing. Christ died on the cross and gave me life everlasting. And I, my life is given to Jesus. And if he can die, I can die. And I'm still going to be around. You ain't. And you're, you might get, you we might see each other, but I guarantee you it will be me running the elevator and your butt's going in and your butt's going fast track right down to the lake of fire. And I'm not even going to give you that little sample of water because you're being a turd in front of me and I'm going to remember it. I might sip my espresso as you get kicked down that elevator. Might do something like that. That'd be all right. So I, I really am expecting that when we get up there, if I'm going to take that job as kicking some people in the elevator, I really do want a nice espresso machine sitting there because I'm going to make myself a wonderful latte and sip on it and just enjoy as they shake and they... Please don't send me down. Sorry, chump. We tried to help you over here. God's given the directive. You got to go south. South for the winter. Hope you stay warm. Yeah, it, it, it's going to definitely be a quad shot latte. Guarantee it. Breve's better because you use whole, you use whole milk. Cream, actually. Half and half. Breve's better. And I Breve's better anyway because it's like, I think that's keto friendly, by the way. <laughs> I don't think that's going to matter in heaven, but we can sure make the argument. It's all good stuff. Now, I, I just feel so fantastic. I mean, this is week has been a difficult week, okay? I'm not going to kid you. I've been through some throws this week myself. And Wednesday, as I told you, I was supposed to go down to Yuba City. And I woke up in the morning, and I was pissed off, like seriously pissed off. Like I haven't been pissed off for a long time and I was in a more approaching righteous rage would be because somewhere in there, there's reason. And then I get in those spaces like that very rarely, but I was there. And the first thing I did was I turned to father and I, and this is what I said. I said, father, I cannot hear you right now. And I need help because I know that my anger and my rage, which was focused at the border issues and the betrayal of in our nation of these traitors, which I just, they just grind on me. I just can't, I can't, it's not even, it's the words aren't right I'm going to use. Because when I say I can't accept, I can't comprehend, that's actually not true. It's the idea of trying to get in the headspace of a traitor that finds joy and glee in destroying a nation. It's like, I can't think of a hot enough lake of fire for you to go in. So I was in a pretty grumpy mood come Wednesday morning. And I was supposed to drive down to Yuba City. And I know myself well. There was a whole struggle and fight going on. And it was literally a struggle and fight with Satan himself. And I'm not exaggerating about this. I mean, I even, I could, in my prayers, the serpent came and I was like, okay, game on brother. You want, you want to try to tangle with me today. You better leave because I'm going to crush you. And this is why I know I'm going to crush you because I have Christ on my side and I'm praying to the Lord and I didn't invite you and you're going to get crushed. And that dissipated very quickly, amazingly quickly. I love when you call for Christ and declare his name and proclaim it. And it's like everything just suddenly changes. And that's, again, because we, 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 we take authority. We are part of the living God who is a God of understands war. He is a mighty God, unbelievable compassion. A God that has unbelievable levels of love. But when, when we call upon him, unless he rebukes us, if he hears our prayers and is in agreement, he will deliver justice. 
But the key to that is we can't be carrying that vengeance in our heart. That's not where it is. It's a righteousness. And that can get very twisted at times because the father of lies likes to provoke the the venom and the vengeance to where we take pride and enjoy watching somebody suffer. Yeah, it's probably kind of comes out like that when I talk about the lake of fire, sending those people down on the elevator. I probably shouldn't revel so much in it. God's going to be like, um, dude, you need to chill. I'll be like, yeah, I got it. It's still kind of funny, though. You got to admit that the visual's awesome. Sipping a Breve latte as you kick their butt into the elevator and press the down button, Whew, especially when you're dealing with a pedophile. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, can, I can talk that all day long. I'm going to be sipping away on that quad shot Breve, just so I say it. But anyway, I digress. We are not supposed to negotiate with evil. We are supposed to be ferocious in the face of evil. And so that is where ultimately we come around and realize that as we're accepting, we're, first of all, we're accepting the authorities given. And secondly, we're declaring those authorities as we pray. So I would encourage you all to, as you, when you pray into things, declare the authorities. Luke 10, 19, John 14, 12. But don't forget Jeremiah 6, 16, one of the great gifts that was given in Bart's Fest 1. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And then, of course, the response is, but they said, we will not walk in it. That's the juncture and road in which we currently sit. And the beauty of, the, of Jeremiah 6.16, which has taken on so many layers of meaning to me, especially when you put in the context of Luke 10.19 and John 14.12. And, Patriots, there's other verses out there that are equally as powerful. Those are just two that God put on my heart to work and work and work, which I do every day. And it's red-letter language, and it's powerful, and it speaks to great authorities in which we have. And I use those as the foundation of declaring authorities when I pray and when we pray together. And you may have other verses that you're called to, which is wonderful. But Jeremiah 6.16, when we start talking about the, the stand by the road and look, first of all, it's taking that pause and taking a look at our world through God's eyes and through scriptural eyes. And then ask, the key word, ask for the ancient paths. Don't assume. It's just a reminder of the authorities of what we have, and God's responding to our request. We're asking for the ancient paths. And with that comes the wisdom of Father, where the good way is. And then the action item, walk in it. So it's we're asking, we're being informed through wisdom, and now we're taking the authority and the presence to walk in it. And when we do, we suddenly find rest in our souls, because we're now walking within kingdom. We're in a declared space. That's just like the captain of the Lord of Hosts army that stands there and declares and proclaims that where Joshua is, is holy ground. He's not of this world. We're doing the same in Jeremiah 6.16. And so that all loops back to my morning Wednesday when I was sitting there just struggling in some rage at events and then literally having this little tussle with the devil himself, the serpent, who lost, by the way, decisively, I would add. And you know, the one thing about me, I, you don't know this, and I'll come back to that thought in a minute, but even when I was carrying a camera, like in, in the, in, we talk about the ambush all the time when I was with the Canadians or stuff, but when I was carrying the camera in any operation and somebody shot at me, I was like indignant. I would just like, I'm going to run at you. And I did. I like, I would run at them. I would run at them with my camera. I didn't care. I thought, well, what the heck? Cause I'm going after you. I'm going to get some of the greatest footage on earth. I don't like people trying to take my life. It pisses me off in a righteous way, of course. And that's where, like when you get in these tussles with darkness and they're trying to suck you down in the vortex and be like, no, I'm not going there. And not only am I not going there, and this is really a decision point that we each are faced with because when we get to that cusp and we're having to face a juncture, 
of which way are we going to go? And you're getting one of the greatest things that the father of lies does is he presents fatalism in our thoughts. Oh, we can never get over this. I come into, I encounter this too often, not with myself, but with others. Oh, we can't overcome this. We can't possibly overcome this. And it's like, what are you talking about? God is a God of miracles. God can overcome anything. He made this world. That two-bit occupier that doesn't even pay rent that we refer to as Lucifer, that dude, no way. I'm sorry. He doesn't, he doesn't have anything on our father. What happens is we tend to diminish too often the power of our father. And we don't lean into him and we don't declare things and we don't say like, yeah, no, it ain't happening. So that tussle that I was having on Wednesday. And it was one of the most powerful revelations that came through the week was the realization that I was hanging on to the wrong thing. One, I was forgetting the grace and the glory of who we are as people when we actually walk in ancient paths. And that was a story I told, I think, Wednesday night, but had to do with my bull that's up north in Oregon. And Terry Anderson, fantastic breeder, has incredible herds up there. If you ever need a bull, check out Anderson uh, Anderson Farms. I think it's Terry Anderson that's up in northern Oregon. And Anderson Livestock, Land and Livestock, incredible breeder, and um, does Sinengus. And I was like really weighted down with the fact we were having trouble getting a, a vehicle up there to pick up the bull. And Terry had called me, and I was kind of putting off his call for a day while I try to sort things out. Finally, we talked, and I'm like, Terry, I don't have an answer for you yet because we've just been waylaid with stuff. And this is the ancient paths. It comes right through, right here, right now, and I'm going to tell you. He says, yeah, Scott, welcome to the cattle industry. Everything's always broken and not going right. He said, I was just calling you to let you know that if you can't arrange it, I think we've got somebody that can bring it down for you. One of my guys has agreed to run a run down toward you if we need to. So don't worry about it. It's all good. I just wanted to make sure you knew I was here. Man, what a change. It's like being thrown to a different time. And it is a different time because we don't work on the land. We don't work with one another. We're not interacting like we used to. We're not relying on our neighbors as neighbors would rely on each other that way. We're now in this individual world. And I really realized how, even myself, how much framing I'd been living with of this cult of me. Humbled, prayed, asked for forgiveness, all those things as I, as I misstepped in this place apologize to Terry, you know, for just my, and he's like, dude, don't worry about it. We got it. And as it turned out, by the way, our driver that we were able to work out can go, but it's going to go on Monday. We're going to get the bull down here on Monday, which is fantastic. So it's, it's again, God puts us in these moments and this is where, you know, even at these peaks of rage and so forth, there's a lot to learn if we will not just, you just can't say, well, I'm not going to be angry or I'm sorry about being angry. Be honest with Father. I was like, dude, Father, I can't hear you. Yeah, I probably did say dude. Which I'm sure somebody's going to be like, that's not very nice to talk to Father. Like, dude, whatever. He and I are buds. And if I step out of line, he rebukes me and I take it and I'm back at it and I'm just going to swing and push hard again. So the whole thing is, I love Father and I trust in everything he guides me to. And sometimes I'm going to, I do, I, I run off a rail. Bard's Fest this week. That was another part of Wednesday. You know, ticket sales haven't been outstanding. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? Because I expected a lot bigger turnout. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We've only been selling tickets for five days, which is one thing. But this wasn't even the message. The message was, it's not about numbers. Whoever comes are the ones I need to be there. Are you going to trust in me? Yep. That's literally like, aye, aye, Captain, one of those moments. I shall proceed. And it's going great. We're going to have a fantastic event. So again and again, the reminder of our authorities and a reminder of the ancient paths. So let me read a little bit of Mark 1, because I think this is a good way to we kind of wind down here a little bit. Mark, when we're going to begin at one, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all of the country of Judea was going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by, by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John had clothed a cam- was clothed, clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locusts and wild honey. And he was preaching and saying, After me one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That is not somebody he is speaking of that is weak, limp-wristed, effeminate, covered with flowers, giving everybody a, a gushy hug and a big wet one on the cheek. That is a mighty, mighty, embodiment of our Lord. That John the Baptist knows is coming, a mighty person in the Holy Spirit that will carry something greater than even he can comprehend or he can be. And this is the essence of the warrior Christ. This is the essence that we get introduced to in Mark 1 of incredible man coming. It is the Son of God in in the embodiment of man, living as man. Not somebody meek and weak. But man, do they like to portray that. And it really inflames me because Christ is such an incredible warrior. And this is the next level of warrior. Unfortunately, we are so shaped in our world about what a warrior is. Navy SEAL Team 6 kicking in the doors, shooting somebody in the face, taking them out to an underwater sub, going to interrogate them and then send them out the torpedo tube. I mean, that's literally what like high-speed warriors are like today. But you got to add to that CrossFit, and you got to have your shooting rhythms down. You got to be able to do three gun. I mean, all these things. Okay, that is martial training. Be clear about that. That is a series of techniques used for a specific type of martial training. That martial training could be with a sword. That martial training could be with punching in a bag as a boxer or an open-hand martial artist. And martial training might be training to use a whip, but those are the series of skills. And unfortunately, we translate warrior to those sorts of activities. Got to make sure you have your high-speed kit, your body armor, your mish helmet. If you're really cool, you've got your Oakley glasses that are bulletproof, like a .5 caliber pellet can hit them and not crack. Got to have your peltors on so you can have you can hear audibly, but then when the gun goes off, they shut down and protect your hearing, but they look cool too. And then if you're really high speed, you're going to connect to a radio system so you can talk to one another. If you're really, really cool, you're going to get a throat mic and pinch that. You're going to be like, right, right. And then you're going to hear you talk. You're going to be able to whisper. They're all going to hear you. Make sure you've got a couple knives that are really well placed, really cool high speed knives. Got to have that. Got to have your pants. Make sure you get some really cool pants with knee pads on them. See, that that's what we define as a warrior, right? And <laughs> if, if you're another group, which is funny, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to have to tell this story. I'm going to come back to the scripture, but I got to tell this story. Um, High-speed guys in 511 gear. That's like that at certain points in Afghanistan, that was it. So there I'm. I'm up in Kabul, and this has nothing to do with anything. I just have to tell the story, so just hang on, bear with me. Um, we're, we're up at, uh, I'm up in Kabul, and I was visiting General Pritt at his request. I flew up from Kandahar, and what he had told me is he's like, whenever you come in to town, if I, and whenever you come into the base, text me, and if my private security guards, his elite security team is not being used. I, I'll, they're at your disposal. They can come pick you up. You don't have to wade through all the crowds. And I'm like, wow, sir, that's awesome. Thank you very much. And it was really awesome. So I was leaving and I was getting on the bus, which was miserable 
packed and dumb because it looks like something out of stripes. Like it was literally, and I'm not kidding you, it was an up-armored Winnebago motorhome. It would look that dumb. And the security team was over there like, sir, can we take you to the airport? And I'm like, yeah, guys, that'd be awesome. So two vehicles, and we pulled up, and we went into the VIP lane. And we're waiting. They're trying to, They're helping me get on a flight down to Kandahar. And it's all sorts of NATO, what they call ISAF nonsense going on. And there's this C-130 that's over there that's pulled in. And the guys go over and talk to the, to the pilot and the crew. And they're like, yeah, we've got one space. We can take him down. And this whole thing, little did we know, was being staffed with a bunch of Blackwater CIA contracted hunters. And man, they are kitted up. I mean, like all your latest gear from the catalog, all of it. And they're new in country. They just come in. So they're, all their stuff is clean, doesn't look field worn, but they look cool, look really cool. And they're also super arrogant and snotty. And they got really arrogant and snotty with security, security guys who have a real job of protecting the general. <laughs> so they call us. These guys start lining up to board onto the C-130. And the security guys were pissed. I could hear them talking on the radio like, these guys that are coming on this 3130, they're a bunch of tools. They're like, And so you, you hear this kind of chatter going on the radio, and they're like, you guys ready? You're like, yeah, ready. And then they give the go. Oh, let me tell you, the show that went on next was epic. Two vehicles, front and back, SUVs, all blacked out. I'm in the middle. I'm in the back seat. I've got security detachments front and back. All of a sudden, uniformly, precision, precision, all the doors on the SUVs open. The guys step out like super precision, like something you'd see with Secret Service. I walk around. They go, sir, we got this. They open up the hardened trunk in the back, pull out my backpack. We got this, sir. I have my other, my other bag, but has my camera stuff in it. We walk up. They say, sir, we got point on this. They go in front of me. They cut right in the middle of the line. They go on board onto the C-130. They do a full full C-130 inspection. They come out and they say, sir, this is clear. You can come on up now. All these dudes, like all these high-speed CIA guys, they're all looking around like, who in the heck is this guy? And what they see I've got is a black Pelican case, which has my camera in it. And they see I've got, and they see the security guards carrying my backpack up. And like, they're jumping out of the way. And these guys are cutting me right through. And they get up and they set me in. They go, sir, here's your bag. And they set me down into one of these jump seats in a C-130. They're kind of a mesh seat. I go, thanks, gentlemen. Gave them a handshake and a salute. Away they go. So there's two rows of seats. I'm on one side. There's another side. These guys come into the C-130. They don't know who I am. And everybody's like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. And they all huddled up on the other side. Nobody would sit by me. They, I don't know. I mean, they didn't, thought, they didn't know who I was. It was awesome. The whole flight down, man, they're like heads down. They're being real quiet. They don't know what's going on. And I'm laughing because I'm like, this is the epic, epic move. It's, it's just wonderful. So anyway, how to crush egos, I guess, was the moral of that story. And it, it all ended well. I got to Kandahar, had a great flight down, met by the guys that met me down there. And the whole charade continued as our high-speed Blackwater boys tried to find their way through, and I had a team waiting for me to pick me up and shuttle me to my barracks, which was great. Anyway, all right, we're going to finish with this one piece here. And I think this is um, important. So it goes on. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and he was in the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. Again, powerful warrior, incredible warrior, takes on Satan dead on. And Satan does everything he can to tempt him. And Jesus is like, yeah, dude, whatever. I'm the son of God, so take a hike. And ultimately Satan does. 
It continues, now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is in hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You see, John has been taken into custody and here Jesus comes right behind him, fearless, fearless, preaching the gospel. As he's going along the Sea of Galilee, he he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. I don't know what our deal is about these this whole thing. I mean, somehow we end up with this sense of weakness in these disciples. These are fishermen. Have you ever pulled a net? Have you ever cast a net into the sea? These guys are stoked. They're built. They're strong. They're lanky. Guarantee it. They're ferocious. And so Jesus comes up and Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. What an incredible statement. And what happens? Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So my whole point in all of this, as we go through this week and we embrace our authorities and we start to step into the authorities that Jesus gave us, it's not Jesus, that smelly hippie with a limp wrist. This is Jesus, the warrior that walked up to the fishermen who are stout. They're powerful men. They're going to be salty than themselves. They work hard. They understand hard work. They understand the trials and toils that they have to do to go out to see the risks that they take in the water. We see that later in the, in the storm, right? Peace be still as Jesus rebukes the storm. But these are, these are men of men. None of the soy boy stuff or skinny jean garbage that we have today. And the problem is that image corrupts our minds, which is exactly as the father of lies wants. We have to cast all that out and look deeply at what this is. And by the presence of Jesus with simple words, they see something greater than they've ever imagined. They see the son of God. And they realize at that moment, but the simple words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They aren't, they aren't following a weakness. They aren't following this sort of image that we are being portrayed in the church. They're following a warrior. And they understand it. And they're called. And in so doing, they step and follow him. Patriots, that warrior, that warrior Christ is within us. That warrior Christ is with us. And that warrior Christ gave us the authorities to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to do greater works than he, and to spread the word and the gospel, and to pray to win. And those are the things when we embrace them and declare our authorities and we understand where they're coming from and from whom gave us those authorities, we start to realize the greatness of who we are, the warriors that God intended us to be. And that gets my blood pumped. No weapon forged against us shall succeed. Patriots, let's pray. Father, We come to you tonight just humbled and blessed to be here in this time, humbled by our free will to be before you, opening our hearts and whoever has burdens to share, do we put them before you? We ask for repentance for those burdens that we carry. We ask that you'll lift up some of the weight off of our shoulders. We ask for that healing of heart and the strengthening of our armor as we step each day into this fight anew. Father, we are inspired truly by a time in which we live. We are inspired truly as we dig in deeper into the scriptures that are given us to realize what we're really being given. We're being given authorities, Father. Authorities to heal. Authorities to do greater works than he. Authorities that we are now leaning into and you're giving us the grace and the blessing to see and to hear the testimonies of that actually working. What we pray tonight, Father, is that authorities will settle in with great security and confidence that the, the doubt and the, the fatalism that the father of lies likes to weave in is just completely cleansed and cast out. That as we step into who we are, as we lean in, we start to witness greater and greater miracles as you work through us and we declare the authorities given to us and we begin to be the true action agents of transformation and change in this world. 
I don't think any of us, Father, expected to be where we are in this time. And yet what a blessing it is. And we also know that with that comes the confidence and love which you extend to us. So, Father, we also pray tonight for a a forgiving and loving heart. It's a difficult walk, and you know, because the Father of lies makes it a difficult walk. We miss the power and understanding of what true forgiveness and repentance brings. And we often miss how powerful it is when we our hearts are pure that it allows you to work through us in mighty ways. We don't read vengeance in the stories of David and Goliath. We don't read vengeance in the heart of Joshua and Jericho. We don't read vengeance in the heart of Gideon and his 300. What we read is an obedience to you and a and no hesitation in the directions that you give to be executed. And furthermore, we, we read courage and ferociousness of a warrior heart, a righteousness and a flame that burns within. So, Father, we pray for that righteous flame to ignite and burn within every patriot's heart. And then as we head into the weekend to be have that kindled and stoked and that fire build and to realize that truly, truly, no weapon show, forged against us shall, shall succeed. Thank you, Father. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it really gets me energized when I get tweets like tonight and shows this massive storm down there. I'm like, oh, man, that's some shaking of the earth. Hope you're... I hope you all have brought your uh, your fins and your little floaty wings or whatever. You're going to need it if you're going across the Rio Grande. Oh, I guess that was my inside voice. That's all right. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed weekend. I've had a great week. There's a lot of greatness more to come. Take some time this weekend and talk to Jesus. Talk to Father. Take a stroll about and hear him. And trust that you'll hear him. Ask him if you don't hear him. Ask him to hear him. It's pretty amazing. Keep our prayers up for our children and keep our prayers up for a nation of people that are wandering. Because there's a lot of people that are still trying to figure things out. They've never had an introduction to the true love and power of Jesus. They've Perhaps their only introduction has been within the dead stone walls. Many people have never read the Bible. They don't know what's in Scripture. They have all sort of distorted views, which is the father of lies at full, full court press work right there. Let us be kind. Let us be temperate. Let us be patient with those that wander. But let us be resolved to hold the line, to not be intimidated, not be pushed back upon as people are faced with the truth, and often the truth destabilizes their lives. Wield the truth with the power of understanding that the power of words give life and death. Wield the truth with the sword of the Spirit and the mightiness of what that means. Pray in and let God lead. And in so doing, we shall overcome this enemy, even if it's one person at a time. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday. Remember, Sunday, we have two shows, back-to-back, eight and nine. I'm doing a, pre a first show on the border updates with the latest in the latest reports I'm getting from people I know down there. And then 9 o'clock will be our normal, peace be still, walking with Jesus. That's my favorite topic of the whole week. So have a blessed night. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest dead Oh, I want to feel something